coming up next on the Kingdom Voice. The greatest commandment. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said that you love God, what? With all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and, and your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? That means relationships are priority. The following broadcast by the Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, is made possible through DCKM Partners. Dr. Carson teaches the power of the kingdom in its original Jewish context that will revolutionize and transform your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the kingdom voice. Real wealth is eternal. If you don't have eternal wealth, you're not wealthy. Okay, Lord, we're going to have to work. So in this series, we're going to focus our attention upon kingdom, not cultural wealth building. The Bible states a very important and alarming statement concerning the accumulation of wealth. This is why I say uh, real wealth is eternal. In Mark 8 and 36, Jesus says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So can you really be wealthy regardless of how many zeros you have behind your whole number in the bank? If what you've accumulated here doesn't translate into eternal benefits. You may be a hell of a businessman. You may have more money than you can shake a stick at. But when you die, what profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? And Jesus is saying because, you know, wealth can be deceptive and you spend all your time trying to accumulate wealth and you don't spend that time really thinking about eternity and you lose your soul. The Bible gives us a very complex uh, I want, we don't call it a parative because a parable because Jesus speaks of it in narrative form. He's not using parabolic language, metaphoric language or allegory. He's telling a story as someone who witnessed something and he's now sharing it. He said there was this rich man who was aware he wore the color purple which meant he was royalty he was wealthy and he fared the bible said sumptuously so he lived large and fat so uh but then in contrast there was a beggar uh by the name of lazarus Now, when Jesus tells the story, he doesn't even honor the rich man by calling him by his name. Church history lets us know that his name was Dives, but Jesus just calls him the rich man because that's what he went by. That was his identity, his wealth. And so his wealth was his identity. What he owned, that was his identity. And that's what he wanted people to relate to him by 
his wealth. So he was a rich man. And the Bible says that this rich man had a man who would eat the crumbs from his table by the name of Lazarus and the dogs would lick his sores. There are those that said that there was some form of healing agents in the dog's saliva. And so even though it wasn't concierge medical treatment, he was being taken care of. And so here is a deal now. And the Bible says, and they both died. Look to your neighbor and say, and they both died. Now tell the person next to you, you're going to die. And what will you be known for? Now watch this. Oh, this is going to be a good series. Listen. But, but now watch this. So, now they both die. And this is Luke 16. They both die. But the Bible says the rich man who fared sumptuous, sumptuously, great businessman, knew how to accumulate profit, wealth. He didn't play, didn't take no job. You know, he died. And the Bible says with all the money he had, with all those so-called wealth he had, it said in hell he lifted up his eye. He was driving a Lamborghini and then looked up. And he was in flames. Life here is temporary. Life after life is eternal. Now the rich, the, the poor man who ate the crumbs off of the rich man's table. Mind you, when you eat crumbs from a rich man's table, them good crumbs. So... The Bible says when he died, he was taken into Abraham's bosom. So we call that the upper part of hell because they were not entering heaven yet. So it was in a waiting area. Some believe this is where the Roman Catholic get their ideology of purgatory. But... Here, he's waiting because until Jesus dies and opens up the pathway and the door to the kingdom through his death, burial, and resurrection uh, as the the firstborn of the dead, uh, he's there waiting. And so the rich man where he was could see the beggar Lazarus, could see him. There was a shift and there was a changing of the roles. And he saw Lazarus in a place that seemed resortish to him. Now, he's in hell and the, big, the, the beggar is in the resort. And he asked, can he just touch water? Bring it to me. So how much water is he going to retain on the fingertip? In touching my tongue. That tells you how hot hell is. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe in hell. You believe in Jesus, you believe in hell. Because Jesus told you unless you believe in a lie in Jesus. 
So, so now, the angel said to him, now watch, the rich man said, Father Abraham, he mentioned the word Father Abraham, which meant he called himself religious. He said, I'm a covenant man. But his wealth deceived him. He was really more about money than he was about being a son of Abraham. And his money deceived him. And now he's saying, based on our father Abraham, can he touch? He says, no. He said, there's a gulf. Those that are there can't come here. And those that are there can't go there. <laughs> then you know what he said. It is so hot in these flames. Have you ever been in the afterlife? So how do you know he ain't telling the truth? If you were God and you wanted to reach your people, wouldn't you reach him? He reached us through his son and his son told us things we couldn't know. But he told us things that we should know. And so he said, the man's in the flame. He said, listen, sin... Sin, uh, he said, can, can I go and just tell my brothers don't come to this place? That's how tormented he was. He's like, I don't ever want to see my family again if I got to see them on these terms. Tell them don't come to this place. They say, listen, if they won't listen to the prophets and the angels and so, they're not going to listen to one coming from the dead. This man's riches deceived him. But he thought he was a part of the covenant of Israel and he called Abraham Father Abraham. Your money can mess you up. So that's why I use the term, because I want you to hear me, kingdom wealth building. When it comes to wealth building from a general secular perspective, it can become and require a person's total being to acquire wealth. When you try to acquire wealth without God or not from a kingdom perspective, you become consumed in acquiring wealth and so for you worship becomes a problem I ain't got no time to be going to church I gotta make that money I'll send you something like God's a hooker and his church is a whorehouse so you become so consumed with money it's like that old saying I got money on my mind and my mind on my money. When the Bible says, let this mind that was in Jesus Christ be also in you. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. It's wealth generation can become an all-consuming fire that causes one to develop their own protective ethics concerning the making of money and its priorities you then just start 
becoming paranoid about your money and you then start building your own sense of ethics and you totally disregard God's ethics concerning revenue generation. We were not designed, beloved, to have intimate relationship with wealth. Now I'm going to say that again. We were not designed to have an intimate relationship with wealth. That meant that wealth is not supposed, or the acquiring of it is not supposed to be the dominant passion in your life. And if wealth building is the dominant passion in your life, you have become an idolater. to churches that come and feed your idolatry. When we establish a dysfunctional relationship with money and wealth, we place the acquisition and retention of money and wealth above family and personal relationships. Your money means more to you than your wife, your husband, your children, your pastor, your church. Because you become dysfunctional. You're not supposed to love money more than you love people. Ooh, it's a little quiet in here. Sound like the den of Satan up in this bad boy. I believe the most valuable assets we have in this world are relationships. I'm going to say it again. The most valuable asset you have in this world is relationship. And if you don't believe me, that's what Adam lost. Adam lost his relationship with God because he wanted to have more than God told him he could have. The greatest commandment, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said that you love God, what? With all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and and your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? That means relationships are priority. Your relationship with God, your relationship with your fellow man, your relationship with your family, that's the most important thing in the world. Let me tell you, when you're laying in the hospital on a respirator, when you're laying in the hospital, your house ain't gonna walk down that aisle. I want to let you know your car ain't gonna drive down that aisle. I want to let you know your bank account and your uh, uh, your your portfolio manager is not gonna walk down that line that aisle. Who's gonna come see you? The people that you have relationship with. But if you have more relationship with your money and it's dysfunctional, you will have no lasting relationships. One of the greatest tragedies during COVID was people were laying in the hospital, dying all alone. If I had been in the hospital during that time, all alone, dying, 
I would have died. Relationships are the greatest assets one can possess. If you'd work on your relationships as as much as you work on your revenues, you will be wealthy. It was the parable of the loving father that demonstrated the power of relationship. Son had squandered all of his wealth, all of his inheritance. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is the only seminary of its kind. We provide biblical education with an emphasis on the kingdom of God. This school will assist ministry leaders as well as the average person get an affordable and quality education that they can actually use. And you'll get the tools you need to thrive and impact lives now and for generations to come. Start your kingdom journey today at ktseminary.com. That's ktseminary.com. It was the parable of the loving father that demonstrated the power of relationship. Son had squandered all of his wealth, all of his inheritance. He had done everything that he wanted to do and it didn't work out right for him. He spent all of his money like a lottery person and he spent all of his money and now He's eating in a pigsty with pigs because he's gone down. Now, he disregarded his father. He asked for his inheritance early. So he left. He didn't care nothing about the relationship with his brother, his father. He left. But when he came to himself, see, because that was, that's, listen, so who was he when he had the money? y'all don't like me I said who was he when he had the money he wasn't himself because money will change you money will have you act in ways that you shouldn't act money will have you disregard your relationships money but the bible says he was so messed up he came to himself and this is what he says I don't know if my dad will have me again, but he has hired servants that's living better than me. He says, I'm going to go back and see if there's anything left on the relationship. And the father saw him afar out, said, kill the fatty cat. This my son who was lost is now found. What saved him was not his money nor his mismanagement or management of his money. What saved him was the power of a relationship. It was David's relationship with Jonathan, the son of Saul, that saved his life. The love of money can destroy your family, long-term relationships, and your walk with God. Thus the scripture states that the love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says when you try to make love to it, when you try to treat it like it's your boo and 
That's when it becomes evil. Fifteen times a day you check in your accounts and then saying how great thou art. Thus the scripture states that the love of money is the root of all evil. An inappropriate relationship with wealth or money can lead one into all kinds of dark practices that include homicide, suicide, and causes innocent people to be victimized by the strong desire and need of people to acquire money. Some people will butt you upside the head for the love of money. Some people gotta have it, and they do things, they do things. I feel this revelation. They do things, do things, they do bad things for it. That ain't original, is it? <laughs> I thought that was original, man, but okay. It bears repeating that the desire for money and wealth is so powerful that it can destroy your family, your friendships, your health, and your walk with God. Jesus warns us in his teachings on the parable of the hero. In verse in uh, Mark 4 and 19, he says, And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. In this parable, which is considered the pre- preeminent parable or the first parable that he taught on the kingdom, houses the mystery of the kingdom. <clears throat> Jesus states that Satan uses the deception of riches to influence a long term believer to experience a violent spiritual death in which the essence of God is choked out of their life and they die of spiritual strangulation. This is what he says. He taught this. Thus your relationship with money and wealth is a very important aspect of not only your relationship with God, but your relationship with others. Wealth and money has so much weight in life that it determines the value of human life and it divides humans into class groups and the higher the class of the individual the higher the value and the worth ascribed to them by society people value your worth by your net worth no one listens to a broke person nor do they pay attention to them eat no one but God God will hear your broke butt. When it comes to wealth building and understanding your wealth position, it begins with net worth. We are evaluated by our net worth. That's how much people think you're worth your net worth. So what is net worth? Wealth is determined by assets. Assets can be defined as that which feeds you and liabilities are that which starves you. Assets are the things that put money in your pocket. 
Liabilities are the things that take money out of your pocket. And a lot of times you're calling a liability an asset. As long as you're paying a mortgage, now according to Gap General Accounting uh, Practices, uh, uh, it's considered an asset, but in reality, every money, every month, your mortgage takes money out of your pocket. So it's a liability. Your car is a liability, it's not an asset. Don't pay it. See what happens. You know, I normally say your mortgage, you say that's What an awesome, wonderful message by Apostle Dr. Dana Carson. I know that you were blessed and that you were transformed by that powerful word. If during the course of that message, you heard the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you want to make a decision today to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I invite you to do that right now. It will be one of the best decisions you've ever made in your life. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now. Acknowledging that I'm a sinner in need of grace. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Dear Jesus, come into my life. All that I am, all that I'm not, all that I have, I give to you. Now, Lord Jesus, be my king, be my Lord. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. I thank you, dear Jesus, that I am born again. Amen. Congratulations. You have made the best decision in your life. Guaranteed. We want to connect with you. If you said that sinner's prayer, let us know. Connect with us at therockwoi.com right now. We want to get you connected to a faith community and help you grow in your walk with God. Thank you for listening to the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org slash radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Dana Carson, affectionately known as the Kingdom Voice and senior leader of the Rock World Outreach International. I would like to invite you to an extraordinary worship experience with God every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 4101 Broadway Street in Houston, Texas. You will experience powerful praise and worship, a friendly atmosphere, ministry for the entire family, and a life-changing word that will draw you closer to God. Then on Sunday night at 6 p.m., join us for our Signs and Wonders Miracle Service at our Edgebrook campus located at 9321 Edgebrook. If you're in need of a miracle or breakthrough in your life, The Rock is the place to be Sundays at 6 p.m. Lastly, find me every Wednesday at 7 p.m. as we understand the Bible with Dr. Dana Carson. In this Bible study, you will discover a greater understanding of scriptures and how they apply to your life. If you're not in Houston or the Houston area, You still can connect with us online through YouTube, Facebook, or our website at therockwoi.com. Get ready to experience the power of the kingdom. And I look forward to worshiping with you. 
If our message has been a blessing to you and you would like to support Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries in South Africa, please donate to Carson Consulting Group at NedBank, account number 102-151-3091. Thank you for your support. The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministries.